feature, Sport in Focus, is funded by Commission Naman with the television licence fee. Now, as part of our latest Sport in Focus series here on Clare FM, delighted uh, to be joined by a fairly prominent person in terms of women's sport, not only in Clare, but indeed beyond as well, uh, Irene Herr from NS. Irene, thanks so much for taking the time to come in to have a, a chat with us. People will know you from from coaching circles, certainly in terms of women's soccer anyway, and, and a few other bits and pieces as well. Uh, tell us, firstly, though, your own background, your first interest in sport. Uh, thanks for having me Derek um, yeah I suppose mine came from not too long after coming out of the womb I would say to be honest with you um, my dad was a huge influence on me as I was growing up and um, he was a big soccer man and I suppose from the moment I could walk I had a ball at my feet and you know there was hurlies around the house I think and uh, I just you know I always loved it uh, right through from, from as far back as I can remember I've been involved in some sort of sport um, but I think soccer's always been my first love to be honest with you um, and it's probably taken me where I am today which is a great thing too Born and reared at Innes? Born and reared um, yeah in the Turnpike area McNamara Park um, so I don't think you can get as close to the town centre as that <laughs> uh, two falls in your you're in the town centre like so yeah definitely born and bred Tony yeah have you a first memory of of uh, of sport or the first time of kicking a ball around the, the garden I have like to be honest with you um, there was a lot of kids growing up at the road you know McNamara Park was a great place um, for families you know it was a very family orientated place and um, there was a green outside the house and that's where I spent my days you know um, I suppose there was no way I was going to keep the, the, the patent shoes clean anyway I tell you my mother would, would kill me over that but I, you know I'd be straight out after school every day uh, play until I was told to come in or if the, the belly was rumbling or something like that but uh, other than that yeah it was a great place it was, it was where I was introduced it and I suppose it's probably how I ended up doing well in some respects like because I was always playing against the lads in the road and stuff so it was great competition to have at an early age. Yeah and there's a couple of things in that I guess you hear a lot of people talking about the the streets for one of a better mm. phrase as being the best grounding they ever got in the game which which probably flies in the face of modern coaching philosophy I guess in a lot of ways but yeah. it sounds like that was a brilliant foundation. Yeah absolutely without a doubt like I mean I had to be tough to you know in no matter what size I was or whatever like you, you play up against the boys and I think that's, that's a team that definitely is recognised that you know um, as much as the girls can play against the boys the best they can do that do it because it's a great way of learning those early street skills mm. and then you take those onto the pitch afterwards like you know it, you definitely have an advantage was it the norm for, for a girl to be roughing it with the lads at the time? Probably not, no. There yeah. was a very few of us around town. I'd say I could probably count them on my hands now, the ones that were let play, you know. But I think um, you kind of had to prove yourself a little bit first and nine times out of ten, if you were stuck in goals, you were happy enough. Um, so I kind of started with that. But every now and again, you, you might get that minute out and you'd, you'd go hell for leather if you yeah. could, you know. <laughs> was there much of a structure then for girls' soccer in, in Ennis at the time? Or, you know, when did you progress? into the system as we call it well I was about I think I was 9 or 10 years old being honest with you and it was the community games that gave me the kickstart um, it was just happened my dad came home one day and said I met Ferdy O'Donoghue down the road he's doing a girls soccer team for Menace for the community games um, do you want to go down and, and train with him and see how we get on and the minute I arrived I that was it I was I knew that was where I wanted to be you know um, had a great training session and I still to this day can remember it I, I remember nearly every bit, minute oh. of it um, met 
met a few girls down there some girls I knew some girls I didn't and it just went from there and we won the cup that year um, I was captain on all of the team and I just I still have photographs of that like it's just it's a fabulous memory to have and that was my first introduction to it and it just took off from there It's amazing and I'm not going to ask you how many years ago it was because people <laughs> start doing maths but it's still bringing a serious smile to your face uh, It does yeah I think it's still it's still also that kind of stuff that I also it keeps me grounded too you know you you talk of going off and coaching national teams and national academies and getting A licences and all that but I still love going back to the little ones and just seeing them having fun and, and loving that because it's it's where I started you know mm. That's something I'm intrigued by because um, I'm involved a little bit myself in our own clubs because if young, young fellas at home they're starting out and mm. like we, there's so much pressure on now to have I keep saying a 574 cones in a training session <laughs> yeah. and all these fancy bits and pieces but yeah. like I've been told by other people that the best and the greatest crack you'll get and the best that they'll learn is that 10 or 15 minutes while you're setting up all your fancy stuff That's right. and they're having the crack with their buddies. Yeah, I remember when I first started coaching my God, it's a the pitch looked like Shannon Airport <laughs> with all the cones that was out and lights left, right and centre cones everywhere but being honest with you like I did a we did a session this morning with 28 under 12 girls above Lees Road and I think there was 10 cones let down on the pitch from the start and it was literally straight into it it doesn't have to be fancy it doesn't have to have a whole lot of mad stuff going on mm. you keep them with the simple things and let them enjoy themselves that's how they learn best you know yeah I suppose skills development and mm. like again that comes back to the parent on the sideline that you know mm. let them make them I suppose you have to make mistakes to learn don't you no that's the only way to learn to be honest with you and we'll always say that you don't lose a match you you, you win or you learn it's one or the other you know and, and things like that out in the pitch as well um, and what I've come to learn over the years of coaching players whether they're older or younger is you need to find out first of all what did they actually know before you can actually teach them anything and after that it's, it's what we call now guided discovery so you want to get the information out of them because they'll retain it themselves then mm. instead of you know you'd, so you ask the certain questions and give little hints and things like that but if they come up with the answers themselves they're the ones then that retain that we don't have to keep banging on about it all the time because it's the last thing you want to be doing when you're when you're coaching kids and stuff as well so yeah guided discovery is the way to go yeah we'll, we'll have more of a coaching discussion in a while mm. but I want to get back to your own background then mm. so nine or ten years old the community games where does it go from there um, not too long after that I spent there was one or two seasons of kind of community games and then it looked like that there was enough um, kind of interest then around the county and um, a few other teams were kind of starting to pop up and stuff so um, when nearly sure it was for Fergie O'Donoghue was a big start of it and then um, Lifford started up a team and a few other teams around the town and the county as well so um, we start, they started an under 17 Clare League for under 17 girls basically and I think there was maybe four teams the first year and then there was six the following year and then all of a sudden there was a senior uh, league by the time I had turned 15 so you know that's where you know that's where it really started to kick off and I suppose the influences that came in after that then started to really expand and we were looking outside Clare Munster League National League you know national kind of cup competitions and things like that as well so it really took off I think once once I turned 13, 14 like it just took off like a rocket and to be fair Clare had ran what we called it was the 750 celebrations at the time in Clare so now I'm giving away my, my age a little <laughs> bit but they ran a, a soccer tournament down here and Clare were in it team from Dublin came down teams from a couple of different teams from around the county spent the whole weekend above in the rugby club playing the 
playing matches, playing the tournament. And we eventually won it out, um, and it really did kind of open up the, you know, the possibilities of going off around to different places and, and playing matches from there, not just in Clare. Like, yeah, that must be a very exciting prospect then, because it's it sounds like it happened within a very short window. Mm. So like that can be exciting, it can be daunting, I suppose, a mixture. Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. And I think um, I was quite young, I suppose, and I was playing with kind of older girls and stuff too. But to be fair, I always seemed to have someone that took me under their wing, like, you know, and it was a great way of, of learning the game as well. And actually just, I suppose, having that uh, support when you're trying to mature and things like that too. Um, but I think, like, there was a lot of people that put an awful lot of work in at that time to give us those kind of opportunities, like, and, you know, that that was massive for us. It was great to have those people there. Like, when did the coaching bug bite? <laughs> Interesting story. <laughs> um, my manager at the time was Damien Walsh. He was with Lifford Ladies for years. Fantastic coach, hugely successful, and a massive influence for me in my career as well. He was brilliant for me. Um, you know, getting trials for national team and all that kind of stuff. But um, I suppose he was a one man and running a club with a load of teams, so he needed a bit of help with the the coaching sessions. So he try and round a few of us up to come up after training or whatever and help with the little girls, like you know. And um, I went up a couple of times. And I was kind of like, oh my god. I you know, prefer to be playing and all that yeah. kind of stuff but um, I think the more I did it and when I started to take some charge of a little few little things myself I was kind of it was just a case of okay what did I like to do when I was in training and then teaching the girls how to mm. do that and I think the bug kind of set off from there so it wasn't a great start to the coaching career in the sense was I really interested no but something clicked and I, I heard to know what it is I think it's just seeing the kids really enjoy themselves and it just kicked off from there so I was about 15, 16 when I started helping um, and I think to be honest with you probably maybe 10 years before I started to really take it serious from there then. Did it help that the playing and coaching careers overlapped? Yeah, it did in some ways. In some other ways, it was kind of tough. But the older I got, um, at the start, it didn't really matter. Like I would train maybe once, twice a week um, with Lifford and then do a session with the, the young ones and we'd play, I'd have a match myself. So it didn't take a whole lot of time. And when you're young like that, you don't have a whole lot going on anyway. Mm. So you're only delighted for opportunities to turn up to the pitch. The older I got, I think it kind of it got tougher because I was starting to put a real focus on the coaching side of things. And I knew... You always know your career is going to. It has a, you know, it has a sell by date on it and stuff as well. So you're kind of thinking about that too. And I think um, at the time, some of it was probably forced in the sense that you know Damien had moved on and we were trying to keep the the team going and stuff. And I took a lot of that responsibility responsibility on to keep the teams going, the senior teams. So eventually, it was a case. You know, I was just letting the girls play the matches and I was doing all the organising, the coaching and all that kind of stuff. Um, and I think it naturally just. I naturally retired for a finish. Um, no, I hung on. I, I hung on to the boots for a while afterwards. Like, but um, I knew then at that stage, like coaching was coaching was what I wanted to do. Yeah. yeah. So when then did the journey towards what you've achieved progress? And we'll we'll discuss that mm. in more detail. But like to, to start off then from from what we call the grassroots level to decide, mm. okay, I'm going to start climbing this ladder here. Yeah, 2010 was the the start of the kind of taking it real serious for me. I think it was 2000, 2009, 2010 when um, they had advertised for emerging talent for the Clare Girls for the CSSL. So they were starting up um, the girls program and um, myself and a good friend of mine, Sean, um, Sean Cregan from Connolly, mm -hmm. um, we joined together to start up the first girls team and 
that's where it really took off and we started we kind of got I suppose introduced to some of the FEI coaching badges and and started to make our way up along there um, and we just we were with those teams I think together for the best part of eight years after that before I went off to the National League but that was the real start of the real um, you know starting to take it serious and really wanting to you know help girls to to progress not just for fun but to kind of realise maybe the dreams that I would have had Mm. when I was younger as well and seeing that that they were becoming a possibility as well was a bigger kind of you know draw to to kind of push on to to know as much as I possibly could so I could pass that on to the players as well you know but also because it's the game that you love and I suppose there's mm. a there is a personal satisfaction the coaches get that that you're getting more immersed in mm. in, in what you loved yeah without a doubt look at I I'd be lying if I didn't tell you that soccer for me like especially through teen years was an absolute escape as well it was the happiest time I had through my teenage years was on the when I was on the pitch whether it was training or whether it was with my friends or whether it was playing matches travelling across the country it was an absolute escape and you can imagine for any teenager growing up when they have something like that it's brilliant and you want to provide that environment Mm -hmm. for them then that they feel comfortable in that they can you know be themselves I suppose as well and then go out and enjoy a game is you know the part of that as well but not just the whole thing so I suppose that was that was a big part of it for me as well and that that satisfaction um, you know to, to see girls then coming in and enjoying it and maybe not feeling so great coming into a session but going out of the session afterwards and they've got a smile on their face and a pep in their step you're going job done yeah. you know so no matter what was achieved during the session you've helped a girl to maybe just stir a lad or whatever it is to maybe just have a better day or the rest of the day a better day for them you know yeah, it's something we can often forget isn't it that mm. you have a you have a group for an hour hour and a half mm. there's 22 and a half other hours in the day that you yeah. don't know what they're absolutely. What, what they're at like yeah absolutely like and that like again resonated so much with me as well so you know the more I got into coaching and the more I realised that kind that you could have that kind of effect on someone, um, you know that positive effect and being a positive role model as well. And you know, you'll admit everyone has to admit that they make mistakes at times. Yeah. But you know, they just said if you can pick yourself up, dust yourself down, and drive on, um, without too much worry about what the past was, off you go. You know. So we're going through that that coaching structure. What kind of supports are in place there for you, or or did you ever? Did you ever come across barriers? It was the did you have to push that little bit harder, or what was that journey like for you? I suppose in the early days it was kind of, um, you know, you turn up to coaching, you might start on your PDP ones. They were called Kickstart One and Kickstart Twos at the time, and you turn up and then maybe maybe if you're lucky have another girl there as well. Um, so there was barriers to do to break down a little bit there in that respect because when you were asked to pair up with someone to do a session um, or to do a demonstration or whatever it was most of the time I was handed the cones and saying you set those out and I'll sort out the rest okay. you know and it was kind of like um, I used to <laughs> for a finish I suppose I was picking up the cones and getting to them first and going we'll do this together you know so there was little barriers like that I suppose you kind of had to prove that you were had the ability um, so I think the first thing I used to do when I used to get to the likes of the coaching courses was when you had the time to maybe do 1v1s against each other to practice and stuff like that I'd go flaking into it like <laughs> I, I wouldn't hold back um, so I suppose it was just letting them know at the time lads I appreciate it that you might be looking out for me but I don't need your help 
I want to I, I'm, I'm up for this like you know so just throw it at me whatever you've got I, I'll figure out a way of sorting it out like you know Almost mirroring the first entry to the sport back in the streets is That's it? That's right yeah more or less yeah but to be fair it's got a hell of a lot better yeah. it's got a hell of a lot better I won't say that the ceiling is completely broken but there's definitely a massive hole in it now um, and I have to say like I've met so many um, you know positive people male and female throughout the whole time as well that have been absolutely brilliant and I would have been lost without them you know coming up through um, you know opening doors and um, one might close behind you but not, there's no sooner someone else is opening a door in front of you you know Listen thanks so much for taking the time to come in and have a chat with us delighted to and uh, look we'll, we'll catch up as things progress and uh, wish you well for the rest of the year Thanks very much I really appreciate it This feature Sport in Focus is funded by Commission Naman with the television license fee Yeah.